0: Oh, hi. We're sober because it's a weeknight, but lucky for you, we're exhausted, so we'll be unfiltered and probably spacey.
1: Oh, so shit. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> no. months old not too hot not too cold feed them solid six months old
0: oh hi we're sober because it's a weeknight but lucky for you we're exhausted so we'll be unfiltered and probably really spacey
1: so welcome to episode 2.5 of Dirty Nana. Marissa!
0: <laughs> and Z, And we are two Filipinx mamas who thought that, hey, one of the ways that we can erode the impact of white supremacy and coloniality in our Filipino culture and our parenting practices is to get drunk and talk about it, or be just
1: super sleep-deprived in this case. We aim to normalize a bunch of shit that people are typically hush-hush about. Model authenticity and create a space to make it easier for other Philippine X folks to be their authentic selves.
0: And the conversation doesn't stop here. Follow us on Instagram, Dirty Nanai, and on Facebook, Dirty Nanai, and our Philippinex X community space where most of our conversations happen that inspire our topics, Dirty Nanai Happy Hour. This last one is a private group for Philippine X parents and Parents who co parent with Philippine X folks are paired Philippine X kiddos, so membership is filtered.
1: We're gonna Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Sorry, oh my I decided. God. We are so delirious. This is like so bad. <laughs> oh Keep my it God. In. Keep that in.
0: Authenticity.
1: Yes, yes. This is all authentic.
0: We're going to Facebook stalk you to make sure you're legit. Sorry, that's my part. <laughs> okay, go.
1: <laughs> okay. Also, please support our podcast through Patreon. Finally, the biggest shout-out to Shabzilla and Bill Beats for our dope intro and outro music. woo woo, woo, woo
0: Shabzilla and Bill Beats! woo, woo, woo. All right. So,
1: <clears throat>
0: today, we wanted to dedicate a quick and dirty episode because – a few really intriguing questions popped up from our audience. We won't typically be making quick and dirty episodes, but when folks ask really interesting questions, we may be working on one. Bonus
1: content, holla. Hey, hey, hey.
0: All right. right. We have a (laughs) few questions. Z, do you want to take turns asking them?
1: Yes, for sure. Um, So I just wanted to say, like, even before we start reading these questions these are really fascinating questions and uh just wanted to give you all a heads up that even though Risa and I are philippinex you know mothers we want to make sure that our experience does not reflect all the other philippinex folks that are out there exactly. similar to how some folks think that filipino people Know all the other Filipino people that live in your city, your state, whatever, okay? So, just a heads up that this doesn't reflect everybody's experience. Um, I'll start with the first question. So, the first question is that we got from one of our listeners is, I really love your show, and I am enjoying your authenticity. You guys mentioned that empathy for you is important in your steps towards healing, for you, at what point do you stay and fix a relationship with a family member or leave because it's harmful for your well-being?
0: This was such a good question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I was thinking about this a lot. Um, let's see. Okay. So first, I think before answering this question too, because I know you, you had some prefacing comments, I think we also want to highlight that we are not counselors in this show even if we are counselors in our day jobs, we are not counselors in this particular show. And even if we are counselors in this show, which again, we are not, we wouldn't give advice on what folks should do, right? Like I think my philosophy for counseling in general is that I'm not the expert in people's lives. Like I'm not the expert, like they are the experts. And as a counselor, I'm there to help navigate. But again, emphasizing we are not counselors in this show did it make that
1: it make it makes sense because make i was also gonna add on that i refuse refuse as in like all caps i'll spell it out r-e-f-u-s-e and i did spell it out correctly i refuse to be a counselor slash therapist on the show even though I am one in my muggle life because frankly my mental health as a Philippine ex-mother I feel like it's kind of all over the place so I am not in that space to be offering people advice but what I can offer to everyone who's listening is authenticity so um that I can definitely promise you that
0: And I think that's kind of why we made this show in the first place, right? Is like we want to, again, model authentic reflection. Like we want to show the messiness of authentic reflection. And the reality is sometimes you don't get an epiphany right away, right? We don't get an epiphany right away. We don't solve all the problems the very first time. Um, But I think, I mean, you know, we talked about this, like having authentic, Conversations, authentic reflections—at least will get you toward like a step towards, even if it's a baby step, a step towards whatever it is that you're you're trying to heal from. Um, but anyway, so I re-listened to the show like two times, and I I stand first of all, I stand by my answer with moving forward, um, which was like you know to to have empathy. Um, to have empathy um with people when it comes to healing. And I think it's interesting because I think um, you know, we've we probably have a couple of folks that are like, it's hard to have empathy when we're talking about abuse. Um and and like it, it feels like the onus ends up being on the person that's being abused. But I don't know, I just like from my perspective, I think you can hold multiple truths. Where you can have empathy and acknowledge the context of of the person who is perpetuating toxic behaviors, and still not condone their behaviors and like practices. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like we can have multiple truths. I think, yeah. Again. I think it's a very white way of thinking. <laughs> not gonna lie, but it's a white way of thinking to be like, it's all or nothing. It's, I think it's important to to kind of recognize the, the complexity of that, especially in the Filipinx culture. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like my first step. I don't know. What, what are you thinking with this one?
1: Yeah, um, I'm thinking that you know, we all come from very different experiences and our relationship with our parents looks so different, right? And I think that, and I'm with you, like, I feel that there are a lot of people that might be in a very similar type situation and felt okay with how we ended like things in our last episode. And then some that might kind of have that question mark and be like, you know, Z and Rissa, I appreciate you all sharing that, but that does not apply to me. And I think that's okay because um, our culture is like, our cultural journey can be so complex. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we recognize that and acknowledge that, I think that can be like a really good first step um, to actually like healing. But I also think about, let me read this topic again or like this question. It goes for you at what point do you stay and fix a relationship with a family member or leave because it's harmful for your well-being? Um, I'm gonna piggyback on your comment about how, you know, abuse and just like cutting family ties can be a very like white, Eurocentric type way of thinking. Because for those who are listening who is not, you know, Philippine ex or maybe have not, like, experienced, like, being a child of immigrant parents that have moved, you know, or migrated here to the U.S., it's very complex to think that you can just separate things in the sense of, like, okay, I'm just going to make a clean break when that's not really something that can happen for us a lot of the time because we think of... All right, there here's our family and we were trained from the very very beginning that we have to respect their parents, we have to honor them. You know, we have to um listen to them even though their words might be hurtful. There's still that role in the family where if you're their child, there's a place that you need to be at, you know? There's a place where you need to stay. You will never catch, I think and I'll say this because I do have a white partner, but it's like you would never catch a Filipino child calling their parents by their first name because that relationship just doesn't exist, I think, in our culture. It's very like, this is my mom, this is my dad, I'm going to respect my elders. So um, I think that when it comes to fixing a relationship, we have to take into consideration all those different layers of um you know, that comes along with being Filipino, Filipinx.
0: Yeah. I really like <clears throat> that you, you just talked about the complexity of this particular question. Because this question is, like, it makes it seem like either or. Do you want to keep this relationship or not? At what point? Right. You know, like, you have to have these, like, checklists. Um, but that's not really the case. And that doesn't quite apply to how... I, as also a Philippine woman um, think about this. Like, there's so many factors I think about. Like, I, gosh, I think about, like, it. do I want to keep this relationship now? Maybe later. Um, how much effort do I want to put into this relationship? Do I let certain aspects of myself be hidden to maintain this relationship? Um, Do I have the bandwidth to make an effort to, to fix this right now? Um, It's just, there's so many factors to consider for me when making this decision of whether I, and and it's not even like, do I cut them completely? Right. Is it just like, do I, is there like a, like a, a a certain bound or like certain boundaries that I'm putting up when I'm um, with certain people in my life? And, you know I really want to highlight for me like i don't i don't condone abuse um and for me and i I've been fortunate to not have been in any abusive relationships whether it's within my family extended family or partners um but if i if I were in one um i you know i wouldn't I wouldn't force anyone to <clears throat> try to rectify a relationship with an abuser that poses an immediate danger to the safe, to my safety. um, Or just like my, um, yeah, to my safety. I think it gets super tricky as with any forms of non-physical abuse or abuse that doesn't pose an immediate danger. It does get tricky um, about you know, about how, um, like, how we go about it. Um, And there's so many things to consider. Um, But I I do have to say, I am a little more forgiving towards Filipinx folks um, and just Black, Indigenous, and people of color in general, Um, especially because there's generational trauma that's experienced, that's shared by a lot of folks. And also a lot of, um, like the current mental health system is created for white people. <laughs> and so a lot of white people may have the privilege of being able to heal from the the trauma that they've experienced within their families. But right now, a lot of Filipinx and BIPOC are denied opportunities to heal from generational trauma. Um, so, So I am a little bit more forgiving towards Filipinox and bipoc folks um but also clarifying that if there is an immediate danger to yourself um you know that's that's definitely like one that like i i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want anybody's mental and social emotional health to be compromised if that makes sense
1: yeah it makes sense um I'm going to throw in a little bit of what I know just because of the field that I work in. So, um, sometimes like I'll work with folks that have experienced sexual assault and domestic violence and what I can tell you, especially when it comes to like unhealthy relationships. And I think it can be applicable to just kind of like how we're setting boundaries for maybe people in our lives that are toxic. Um, I'm just going to start from like maybe the relationship part and then we can maybe modify it so that it fits into or it's applicable to what we're talking about. So when it comes to unhealthy relationships, obviously there's like signs, you know, like maybe there is um, you notice that the post- the person can be emotionally abusive. They can be physically abusive. Um, you notice that they might start like gaslighting things when you start like making comments. But when you're in that situation, it's like, you know what those signs are, but what makes it like really hard to get out of that cycle is that the perpetrator or the abuser has power and the survivor, sometimes it's interchangeable with the word victim, but I I personally like using the word survivor. The survivor... Mm-hmm. um is being taken control of. So there's a lot of power and control that happens and the dynamic or the power dynamic is so uneven mm-hmm. that it makes it really difficult for that person, like the survivor, to exit out of that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk to people about, okay, here, um, I noticed that you're in a you know unhealthy relationship. If you're trying to get them to get out of it, it's like blaming them for being there is like not the right thing to do you know because you have to think that survivors can make the right choice for themselves you have to empower them mm-hmm. so that they feel empowered to make the choices that they feel is right mm-hmm. and i think you know that's very applicable to kind of like how we set boundaries mm-hmm. for maybe family members that are toxic we have to personally think like okay so what is the right choice like we know that it's not healthy that's already a fact Mm -hmm. but what are the right you know steps that we need to have in place that work for us Mm -hmm. so that we can make sure that our mental health and like our sanity is you know the priority here Mm -hmm. that we're doing fine ish or as fine as we can be So I think that's really important to kind of think about when it comes to trying to navigate this whole shit show, for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah. No, I'm really glad that you brought that up. That's that's super relevant um, when we're talking about the dynamics, like when we're talking about abuse and dynamics of um, power dynamics of the perpetrator and the survivor. Um, And I think... In in a lot of cases too, so I I just I kind of thought about this, and hopefully this translates well. I'm trying to formulate how to say this. So, um, in in a lot of in a dichotomy where you have um a uh what do you call it an elder who typically perpetuates the toxic perspectives or behaviors, um, who you know, may have come from the Philippines at a much later time. Um, And the survivor, um, which is uh, like typically somebody who's younger and maybe a little bit more acculturated um, to the um, United States, for example, um, the power dynamics is really nuanced there, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not that – It it could be that um, there are, like, there's a little, okay, in some, oh my gosh, okay, so as we're looking at the power dynamics, in certain circumstances, the person who is more acculturated would have a little bit more power in being able to navigate the United States, like, expectations, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? And so when you have somebody who can, where the system works a little bit better for them, the United States system works better for them, i.e. in this particular um, example, a more acculturated Filipinx or Filipino-American, right? Versus um, the elder who maybe is having a harder time like getting support from a really messed up system, right? I'm just thinking about how the typical power dynamics of a parent and child or an elder and a child is very different um, f- for a lot of Filipinx or Filipina, Filipino Americans and their mm-hmm. elders. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes sense because that's kind of like a mind fuck a little bit, right? Yeah. Where it's like you... And I think that's where the cologne the colonization part
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> pops into,
1: because then it's like you'll have Filipinos, and I'm this is kind of like a little bit of a hint to what we're gonna be talking about in our next yes. episode, but you'll have Filipinos who come from the Philippines that migrate to the U S and then you have Filipino Americans that are like maybe born here. And you're like, okay, so which one is too Filipino, which one is not like Filipino enough. And you, and if you're here in the U S it's like, you have those people who, I feel like when you grow up in the States, there's kind of this, Oh, I don't even know how to, Even label this but i kind of feel like there's like this invisible privilege that someone has when they grow up in the u.s Mm -hmm. where once they see someone you know come from the philippines and like start living here you know there's like a high expectation of that person to have to um what is it called oh my god i'm like losing the word where it's, like, they have to kind of, like, adjust themselves to mm-hmm. get into the culture, like, mm-hmm. real quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Way. Or a culture. I'm yeah, there a
1: culture. you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm using a culture, right, because it's, like, the more, you know, like, the healthier term, right? To be, like, mm-hmm. to maintain your, to a culture it is to, like, maintain your home culture while also being able to navigate, um, the dominant culture that you're in versus assimilate is just like eradicating your home culture and then fully assimilating so I I was using but I think yeah in your particular Mm -hmm. example it could be assimilator or culture. but yeah Yeah, that makes sense
1: yeah so it's really complex yeah that it keeps shifting depending on where you go and like if a Filipino-American person were to go to the you know go to the Philippines I think that dynamic would also change yeah right
0: absolutely um and so this is so incredibly complex and so that's why like like the question the question seems like very I mean it's it's not a bad question it's a fantastic question because it definitely got a great question um but it it doesn't It doesn't, we don't, we are not able to provide like a very clear cut answer because there's so many factors and so many nuances to consider when, when answering this question. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do have some white folks or non-Filipino audience members who might just be like, where do they go with this? But I felt like I was one step closer to understanding a little bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. about how I how I um, face certain obstacles, I guess.
1: (laughs) Right, right. And if I were to at least answer this question with, you know, maybe one thing, it would be the priority should be your health and well-being. Yes, absolutely. And if you feel that having... A relationship with someone is more stressful than mm-hmm. fun I would maybe look into like trying to figure out where's your happiness where's the balance mm-hmm. for you in that relationship because if you feel like it's very one-sided or if you feel like it's a relationship that is toxic and depletes your energy
0: mm-hmm.
1: it might be just trying to kind of experiment what that looks like if you were to take like a step back, or maybe if you Mm -hmm. were to kind of build like an invisible bubble around you and be like, this is the space that I hold right now. And this is the capacity that I hold at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's enough, you know, like I don't need to have to extend that bubble or I don't have to extend that space to people that don't necessarily Need my energy Mm -hmm. to begin with, my energy and time. So maybe it would be a really good opportunity to kind of experiment with that a little bit. And I know it's hard because that goes against our culture. Yeah. But we're with you, you know, and Mm -hmm. we understand and we empathize. And I know that there's so many people out there that are struggling with the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yes, to all of that. Thank you for summarizing ultimately like what we hope to accomplish but also um recognizing why this is a lot more intricate than um than like white folks experience for example yeah (laughs) i'm gonna be real um because there's so much tied to this decision um but yeah take care of yourself is the biggest thing um and reflect this is why we're doing this podcast in the first place right like authentically reflecting and being honest with yourself and what you need um is super important for you to be able to i guess like gauge what like how much energy you want to extend um to anybody really but Mm -hmm. yeah Alright, well, wow, that was the first question. I oh, know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Second question. Um doo-doo-doo. I am a filipina American woman who has a 50 something year old therapist who is a white woman and she's super well meaning. But when I told her about some of the toxic behaviors in my family, she labeled the actions as abuse. And I got really defensive about it. I'm real I'm processing this myself. Have you experienced anything like this when interacting with other non-Filipino folks? How were you processing it? and how to, Or how did you process it? What came up for you?
1: And clarifying question, when, um, when you say have you experienced anything like this when interacting with other non-Filipino folks, can it be someone also outside of the therapist role or just a therapist?
0: I mean, I assume it could be Both roles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me think about this. I think it makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, this question made a lot of sense. It does. Um, Yeah. I felt this question so much. I'm trying to figure out how to put into words. (laughs) Um and I could okay, so I I mean I'm 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 making a lot of assumptions for this question because I, you know, the person who asked this isn't here to clarify some stuff. Um, but I experienced something fairly similar to this when I was seeing a therapist, see your therapist, hashtag, oh no, I messed it up. I meant hashtag, see your therapist, hashtag normalizing therapy. (laughs) But yes, I love my therapist. Um, but, uh, but I did feel this so much because I also have a white therapist, um, who, you know, who kind of made, made some comments that, I know she was well meaning and you know from from a counselor's lens, as I because like, when I don't know if you do this, Z, but whenever mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen a therapist, but when you do, or if you do see a therapist, um, do you uh do you kind of like try to look at their practices and you're like, oh, I see what they're doing with them. Yes. I <laughs> do that.
1: Because <laughs> I also have had like um and I've never found a therapist yet that I've seen for more than two sessions or three sessions, maybe, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the therapy that I've done, and therapists do need their own therapist. So letting you all know that therapist that you see (laughs) most likely has a therapist too. Um so like the folks that I have seen have been like pretty much, you know, folks that have done brief therapy. So just short term stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel you. It's like whenever they start asking questions and they're like, "Tell me more," I'm like, "I know what you're fucking doing. You're just trying <laughs> to get me to talk more." So um, yeah, I totally yeah. see it. And then after session, I go back home and I'm like, "Would I have done that this way? Like, would I have?" Why didn't she ask
0: me about this thing? Could have probed more with this.
1: Seriously,
0: do that. And um, so. So yeah, no, so I I was Oh, okay. So I I remember so I was seeing a white therapist. She's fantastic. Um like in terms of her techniques, they're pretty good. Um but there ha- there she is lacking a little bit of that cultural responsive support. So mm But anyway, so I remember there was something that I don't even remember what I shared, but I remembered it wasn't that huge, but I just remembered I was like annoyed and I was venting and um, she labeled it as something that was a little bit more like it, not necessarily abuse. I don't even remember what she did, but, um, or what she labeled, but it was something along the lines of it. That's toxic. Or, you know, what I didn't think it was. <laughs> and, I, and I'm someone who like, reflects a lot about that and I just remembered feeling like oh I don't like that you labeled it like this because it (laughs) felt like an immediate vilification of something that you don't understand that you have no socio-cultural context of labeling this and it felt, not gonna lie, racist to me. I was like, "What? <laughs> how dare you?"
1: Hello, like, you, you
0: did not reflect like how this. Yeah, so, so I like so I felt for this question, but I, I mean, I don't know like any more than this. I'm I'm so curious to hear more about this. If there, if the person who asked this question would want to, you know, answer this more, I'd love to hear about it. Um, but this is, yeah, that's the immediate thing that I thought about. But I also thought about things that aren't um, therapy-focused. But I want to hear your story first, because I just kind of babbled on.
1: <laughs> sure. Um, man, I've had, okay, out of the three, two of them were male. One of them was female out of all of them the female was the worst one oh, no. but she was like the oldest one too she mm-hmm. was like man she looked rickety at that point I was like oh girl you got your license like when did you get your license like when <laughs> when shit wasn't like relevant yet but anyway um I'll talk about like I'll maybe one of them well maybe two we'll see so the guy who I found most helpful was a white guy um, very understanding like really practiced like really good listening skills and um, I remember losing my shit in therapy too I was a hot mess because my family was going through a crisis at that time and I kind of felt mm-hmm. stuck in the middle so I had told this therapist like you know I feel like I'm just doing everything for everybody mm-hmm. like one person wants me to do this the other person wants me to do that One expects me to think a certain way. And it's like, I can't be stuck in the middle when I have like maybe two conflicting family members that are at each other's throats that kind of talk to me and like find comfort in talking to me about how they're feeling. So like I said, I kind of felt stuck in the middle Mm -hmm. and um, I just felt like I was doing everything. And his answer and bless his heart, because I know that I came from a really good place, but it also came from a really white place, too. It was, why don't you go, can you tell them to go do it on their own? And I was like, God, I wanted to laugh so hard. I was like, Oh you want me to just tell my mom and my dad to like do your own shit? You know, like you want me to turn to like someone else in my family who's an elder to go tell them to go do your own shit. Cause that's not going to work. like. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I about died even though I was in the middle of just crying. He's like, oh, why don't you tell them to go do it on their own? I'm like, yeah, I don't got the pri- privilege of that. That does yeah. not work, you know? <laughs> but, um, you know kind of like fast forward a little bit like the situation did get worse and then um i i was still seeing that therapist but it was like on my week off from therapy that the situation had gotten worse and like i had to unfortunately it was like with family members and i had to wear my mental health hat you know and i didn't want to do it mm-hmm. and it was funny cuz in the middle of our conversation The first thing I said was, I don't want to tell you or I don't want to say anything because I don't want to seem as if I'm just, you know, disrespecting you all. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing that came out of my mouth Mm -hmm. because I was the youngest in that room with a family of elders. (laughs) And I said, I really don't want to disrespect you all. And Mm -hmm. I felt they gave me the space. Surprisingly, they gave me the space and was like, you know you're the expert in this. Tell us what to do. Like you oh, tell us like what we're doing wrong.
0: Yeah. And
1: at the first time I was like, "Whoa, I feel validated that you gave me that space." Yeah. And this is like a switch of power dynamics, you know, and it felt so weird like just the idea of me having to go tell elder folks like what to do. Yeah. Was such a up until now, like I'm speechless. Like I, I could not even think in like a hundred years or a thousand years that I would do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was my wow, my long winded story of my white therapist.
0: Oh, man, there should be like a thread for like yeah. well meaning white people and their advice. Cause I would love to hear it. I don't know, happy hour folks. Well, yes, we to have to
1: people. put it in there. <laughs>
0: Funny. um Okay, so I, when I was thinking about this question, I I, I tried to because I mean I'm like okay, besides therapy, it it happens like pff, god everywhere, right? Like you have well-meaning, beautiful friends in your life that are telling you advice that I'm like mm, that doesn't help. Mm. um But there was one like the thing that came to my brain was a situation in in middle school. I don't know why I thought about that, but like in middle school. Um, so I was in the Honor Society and I was in um it's like ceremony and I remembered my parents couldn't make it to the recital um because they were busy. And, you know, later on I realized like as an adult, they 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 did disclose that um they were working multiple jobs and taking on extra shifts to finance life because we were fairly newly immigrated um to the US at the time. And uh but anyway, honor society, kind of a big deal for me. And I remembered feeling very bummed out that I that my parents couldn't make it. Um and my parents I remember like made a very like joking comment, like, well you get these a lot anyway, so it's fine. And then I remembered being like, oh that's so invalidating." Um But anyway, um, so um, a white teacher who noticed I was really sad um, came up to me and I told her what happened. I told her everything. I was expecting my parents. My parents couldn't make it. Um, And the well-meaning teacher responded, I'm sorry you experienced that. That was really inconsiderate of them to not be there for you during something important to your education. Um, They don't know how fortunate they are to have a special kid like you
1: oh my god and then i'm just
0: like <laughs> you don't know my parents i was like i got these national honor society and these awards and these 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 a's in in your classrooms because my parents had to reteach me everything that you taught in school because i knew nothing because of the model minority myth i was totally like, under the radar, and I I behaved, you know? And so, like, they're just like, ah, Rissa is a good kid. They don't need extra support in academics. But I did. I totally did because English is hard. And I just remembered being so angry that this white, well-meaning educator – um, who, you know, was validating my, who attempted to validate my feelings, basically called my parents inconsiderate and not involved in my education when they were my education. Like school was nothing to me. School was a terrible experience. I learned nothing from school. I had to relearn everything from my parents. And then he, the audacity of this teacher to be like, they don't care about your education. I was all like, you suck.
1: <laughs> like, that is like so many, like, educators, though, that don't understand BIPOC families. Mm-hmm. It's like, why aren't you here for student led conferences? Yeah. Bitch, because they're are working. Up- yeah. <laughs> why aren't you picking up the phone call? <laughs> right. And, like, maybe their I line tried might tried be cut off. <laughs> no, I love
0: it. Like, teachers calling one time and, like, I tried calling you. I tried calling you and you didn't pick up. I'm like, one time also not using any like language line to like communicate with um, parents that have difficulty communicating in English I don't know it's super frustrating but anyway the legacy of that persists (laughs) so I just thought like wow okay I I just remembered feeling extremely defensive when this person was trying to make me feel better and you know like trying to make those validating statements and not making you know they're not making uh, they're not giving advice. But mm-hmm. Like, I remember that that still continued to impact me. Like, I'm just like, I'm so mad at you for saying that my parents were inconsiderate. I don't know.
1: I think that's something that would impact me too if I was in your situation. You know, because you remember yeah. at that you know at that age, it's like you're trying to hold your own ground. You're trying to figure out your own identity, and then. People be thinking that they can just talk and say whatever, you know, and it's like, no, like, yeah. you just can't. That's very invalidating. But yeah. um, I'm looking ahead of our questions here. And I'm wondering if that might be a good segue to the third question.
0: Okay. Y'all... What do
1: you think? Yeah, go cool. ahead. All right. So the third question um. If you're following us on Instagram, our Instagram handle is Dirty Nani. Uh, we did post a story not too long ago with the question, "What prevents folks from healing due to colonization?" And we had a really great answer from one of our listeners. Shout out to Michelle. Um, Michelle <laughs> <you're badass. laughs> yeah, So, um, her answer was what prevents folks from healing due to colonization was capitalism, the model minority myth, internalized racism, and sexism. And I thought, Risa, that you brought up, you know, the model minority myth, Mm -hmm. which is so important, you know, and I'm glad that you did because, yeah, it seems like a lot of people are, you know, really reflecting on this question. And these are things that should be brought up that I really I'm happy that people have brought up because we can talk forever and ever and ever and, like, miss these little topics on our podcast. So thank you uh, for bringing this up.
0: Yeah, love it. And, you know, it's something that I'm super, like, interested for us to, like, delve into. Um, So this is, yay, great topics to talk about. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, and then the last question is... I'm curious what your non-Filipino friends, loved ones, audience members have shared with you about what they thought about the podcast. I have a white partner and he loved hearing about our culture represented in this way. Thank you so much. Thanks, you Thank you. You are welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's super great. Yay. Um I I like it just makes me happy to hear from other Filipino folks um listening to to our podcast and um just you know um hearing from folks how how it's impacted them um I know it was something that I I wish I have um and so when folks share their own stories in an authentic way um I get, I get a little bit of, of that too. Um, just the feeling of, um, not being alone and feeling very validated. So thank you. Um, do want to say that in answering this question, um, what, let's say, what do you, basically your non-Filipino friends and, um, white folks think about this? Uh, podcast. I think, first of all, there are so many media representations out there for white folks that when we created this podcast, we have our Filipinex um, folks in mind. Um, so I just really want to highlight that this isn't going to be, you know, there are going to be white folks who are going to be questioning our techniques. Um, but really, at the end of the day, this is for for the Kababayan.
1: It's not a thesis paper. It's not.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: What have you heard from your end, Z? For sure. Um, So far, my partner has not listened to the podcast, like a whole, like, entire episode. He's heard me edit stuff (laughs) because I do the editing. But um, I do have some friends who, my best friend who's Cambodian, follows the podcast and so does her sister and then I have a former co-worker who is Japanese that does follow the podcast too and honestly um I've received really good feedback from them like they enjoy listening to it and I think maybe it's because it's the shared experience I think mm. of maybe just being you know fellow Asian Pacific Islander siblings you know or maybe it's the idea of being able to relate to the fact that they're a child of immigrants. so I think that could be the reason why people are enjoying it. So far, it's been vague a little bit like as to like why but like I'm assuming that's why or maybe they just like us so much that you know they're like, "Oh I love your podcast and I'm yeah. like thanks we are very we're very cool people
0: we, yeah, We're <laughs> neat. Yeah, I had somebody that said, like, oh, I want to hang out with you guys. But, yeah, no, it's really cool to hear positive things. Um, It's interesting. So there are some themes that um, I'm recognizing from um, some white folks in my life, who I love, um, but who have listened to this, who um, are kind of expecting some clear-cut answers or clear advice that meets the needs of all audience members. Um, uh, again, just really highlighting that, um, you know, I've had to remind them that like, we're not experts on being Filipinos. Um, heck I'm still grappling with my identity as a Filipino. Mm-hmm. I constantly feel like I'm not Filipino enough, um, which we'll talk more about in episode yes. three. Yes. Um, but we, you know, like our goal again with this podcast is to model, um, Just it's to model reflection processes. Um, Like I'm an expert with my own experience, but I'm not going to be an expert with like other people, Filipinos experience. I'm not this. We are not the sole voice of Filipino people, right? Like we have, um, everybody has, every Filipino has a unique experience. Um, But, you know, our goal is to support other Filipinos who are also stuck in the same way, which I know a ton of people are. or at the very least, just kind of help them process it by modeling it, um, and just make them feel like they're not alone in the journey. Um, oh, but I wanted to share with you because I I was actually thinking about the Z because like we you know we were messaging about this, um, and I I was I was reflecting about some of the things that uh, about some of the things that I wanted to do when. Um, just a, uh, a, a warm critique came up. It was a one, it was, yeah. It's interesting because like, um, you know, despite my daily efforts to be very critical about white supremacy and how it's embedded in my daily life, um, I felt like, like I, I, I almost, um, like I almost sacrificed the authenticity of our work to make it more palatable to white folks, which is such a very white supremacy Mm -hmm. way of thinking about things. But it was really interesting that like my immediate reaction was like, okay, so how do I make this accessible to white folks so that they understand the Philippine next endeavors? And I was like, Oh, like, gosh, Rissa, what are you doing? (laughs) Right. You know? And so I I immediately had to be like, no, this is the mission of our podcast and we need to maintain that mission of our podcast. And so it's so interesting when you messaged me about it, it was like, after I had like processed it, when you were like, okay, I just want to be on the same page, (laughs) making sure that we are in alignment with our mission, with the podcast. And I'm like, Bish, yes, we are. I processed this in my brain. (laughs) I almost, I almost, um, fell into the white supremacy trap, but I did not. But anyway, I wanted to let you know.
1: Oh, thank that was you. That. So
0: when you when you checked in, I was like, I'm so glad you did, um, because it's it's important for us to be on the same page with what what this podcast is really about.
1: Seriously, like when I sent you that message, I was like. The heart of the podcast is for like the tired, unfiltered, dirty Philippine ex-parent, you know? And we say dirty for a reason. Like dirty is supposed to be unfiltered. To be like, oh, I need to backpedal and I need to fix this, then you're not gonna get authenticity. Then you'll get the filtered version. Like, who the fuck wants that? No one wants yeah. that. I don't want it. Reason yes. okay, my the biggest reason why I don't want it. Is because then it's like, who am I going to make this podcast for? Yes. Then it's like, because I'm trying to be a people pleaser for people that can't swallow the truth, you know, or like for people that can't handle certain truths. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be that person. You're like, that's emotional labor on my end. If you want, you can become maybe <clears throat> a Patreon member so that maybe if we have extra content to have the time and space to educate other folks that need a, maybe a little remedial or a tutorial, um, pay BIPOC folks to <laughs> like educate you. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of emotional labor. It's a lot of generational trauma that folks have on a lot of vulnerability
0: to be yes. very up Front and very unfiltered in how we are thinking about things, especially because, like, the Philippine culture is is all about putting on a mask. You know, it's putting on a mask to be palatable. And no, we're not about that. You know, nope, nope, no. Nope. We're, we're trying to we're trying to erode coloniality's impact on Filipino culture um, by being authentic about our experiences. Um, and hopefully it inspires other people to be authentic in their perspectives and in their reflection, whether it's private or, um, reflection with others. Um, so anyway, love that, um, we, that our audience expands to beyond our Filipinos, our Philippine X, um, community. Um, but at the end of the day, this is for our Philippine X folks. Um, and you know, this is one of those times where like white folks, yeah, you know, you guys, this is where you, you, you listen, you don't, um, yeah, I guess like, listen, (laughs) take a step back, you know, and, um, give the platform, um, to the Philippine X community. Snap, 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 snap. Snap, 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 I don't
1: know if you can hear my snaps on snap, the snap, mic. Snap, 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 snap. My partner can't snap for the life of him. Yeah. What? What?
0: <laughs> he can't snap and he can't roll his R's. It's so cute.
1: Oh, no. It's adorable. <laughs> oh, no. They need to meet. Well, they kind of sort of met each other, I think. No.
0: Kind of. No, they not yet. They need meet. I... I we were talking about this like they would be such good friends just based on their interests.
1: yeah I think so yeah they'd have to meet oh yeah yeah Yeah. my
0: for the audience out there my partner is also white
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we've been talking about like meeting each other's partners for like the last like Five years since I've known Rissa, five, yeah. six years already, yeah. something like that. Yeah.
0: Forever. But yeah, it will happen. It, it we'll will. Make it happen. We'll make it happen.
1: And if you guys are wondering um, how we're recording, we're not in person. Yeah. So Rissa's at her home, I'm at my home, we're like going through different platforms. So just giving you all a heads up that we're not in the same room. Yeah. So I see her partner like through zoom <laughs> Exactly.
0: So lovely reminder it. stay safe put your masks on more than six feet away don't have indoor gatherings um and just come on do your part so we can end this
1: pandemic so we can have a big feast of good filipino food yeah you know, once we're able to all hang out together again
0: all right. Well, that concludes a bunch of really interesting questions. Again, thank you everybody who came up with these questions and reached out to us to have discussions about episode 2. Um that was really really fun. You really we really enjoyed further reflecting um further reflecting episode 2.
1: Yes, thank you so much. And even though like our stories are our, our own stories. We acknowledge that there's so many different versions of like stories out there. So thank you, um, all of you for just sharing just what you've experienced because it would be so boring if you all had the same stories. So I respect just the color that you all bring to Our lives and I'm just super happy that you all are here yeah
0: thank you everyone we appreciate you
1: (laughs) thank you so much take care and thanks for all your support bye okay bye not too hot not too cold feed them solid six months old not too hot not too cold feed them solid six months old not too hot not too cold not too hot not too cold Not too hot, not too cold. Feed them solid six months old.